I'm live? What? It's got me going this way. I can do this way. What's going on, everybody? Somehow, some way, something. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm having a tough time with this. If I if I do like this, no, it's making him do like this. What's up, Eli? How are you? How are you? I was trying to go from the computer, and I'm having trouble with the encoding software, and that's above my pay grade. And uh, so, anyway, that that was not going to work. I think I've got rain on my front-facing camera there. See if it doesn't clean it up. How is everyone? How are all of you? Eli, Colonel Corn. Cat Birdseater, how are you, man? What's going on, Jordan? How are you, sir? How are you? It's, uh, it's been a great day. It's been a good week. Yes, we are getting all kinds of rain. You are not getting audio from me. All right, let's see if this works. Can you hear now? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Very good, very good. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm a, I'm a spray guy. And David is grounded from the internet. Uh, my wife and I were at a party last night, and we were texting pictures to David. And uh, I think we got him in trouble with what we had going back and forth. Let me plug my charger in so I make sure this doesn't this doesn't fail. Yeah, we are finally getting rain, and I am super relieved because uh, we're not getting just a little bit. I'd say we've probably gotten close to two inches today which we needed. Um, so all in all, you know, I'm glad. I'll take any amount of rain I can get right now. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. So anyway, I hope everybody had a good week. Hate all of you. Um, I had a good week. It was, you know, another another week in the world of lawn care. Nothing crazy happened. Uh, you know, got some some videos out showing at least a couple of projects that I had going on. Um, I'm almost done with aerating and overseeding. Hopefully by the end of this week, I'll be done with aerating and overseeding. And then, uh, we can jump. I, apparently I'm not old enough to handle this, but, uh, you know, one day I'll figure it out. So I guess while I've got everybody here, I'll ask, does anyone have any questions? Oh, here we go. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, Matt, we have to roll a sodded lawn someone put in and didn't roll. Is it best to have the owner's water before we go there or do it dry? Corby, that is one of those things where um, it is a touchy subject. You will always... 
it, it's, it's going to be a struggle. Yes, do it while it's wet. Uh, but the trick is to make sure it's not too wet before you get there. So you have to find that delicate medium between what's considered wet and what's not. And, uh, if you can find that then yeah, maybe you can successfully roll it. Um, very rarely have I seen it work well after the fact. So, um, I would just preach that to the customer and that you'll do the best you can, but you won't make any guarantees on it because, uh, sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, turf nerd, my friend DW. Yeah, I'm worried a little bit about about washout uh, from the amount of rain we got. Um, but you know, I'll I'll take it. As, I'll take it. I mean, I'll handle a little bit of washout if if it means that the bulk of the properties are going to germinate for mosquito prevention. Um, no, uh, just minimize standing water. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna hang out on the foliage of plants and they're going to reproduce with standing water. So if you're doing, uh, treatments to get rid of mosquitoes, you want to sp spray all your plants foliage, um, and make sure you lose, uh, make sure you, make sure you get rid of any, any standing water. Uh, if you do have standing water and it's an issue, uh, treat it with uh, one of those um, pond things. Mosquitoes aren't really my area of forte. I know how to do it. I just don't do it. Honestly, I don't have enough time to, to schedule it all. So um, I have not done a whole lot of it. But again, you want to treat your shrubs, uh, any trees, you know, we'll say like up to six feet, maybe up to seven feet. Jordan Chapman says, do you spray prodiamine out of your permagreen with factory nozzles, trim passes? Uh, Jordan, that's yes, yes, yes. Um, if you haven't seen where I put on custom trim nozzles on my on my permagreen, um, basically I just rerouted the location of my trim nozzle. So that way I spray my prodiamine out of my out of my permagreen. So yes, I I actually spray everything out of my permagreen except fertilizers. Um, soil stimulants like, uh, you know, humic acid, kelp, things like that, I still spray uh, out of my permagreen. Iron, uh, liquid nitrogen, um, potash, I do not spray out of my permagreen. Uh, and the reason being is that when, when uh, if you leave a little bit of residual and you know that water uh, evaporates then it will leave behind some some pretty nasty stuff so there we go uh is it too late to apply herbicide in illinois soil temps are still 70 plus no sir adam you are good to rock and roll you are rock and roll herbicides are going to be more responsive to ambient air temperature than soil temperatures anyway so have at it uh, I spread six yards of soil on a slight slope of my shop before I seed it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's going to be a little bit of a mess. A little bit of a mess. Have you ever seen concrete spraying predominantly out of your permian? No, sir. No, sir, Jordan. Uh, it, now, after I treat it, yeah, you can you can see it a little bit. Um, but does it stain? No. Uh, the, you know, a good rain and a couple of days with with good strong sunshine and it's like it was never there so um i wouldn't worry too much about about staining the concrete don't get all willy-nilly with it and start spraying everything that's white and vinyl but uh 
um, you know, do for if you're edging around concrete driveways and stuff, no, you're not going to have any standing issues out of the um, out of the pro diamine. So keep that in mind and have at it, sir. Have at it. Uh, actually, next year I'm going to be doing a mix of liquid prodiamine out of the permagreen. I'm also going to be doing some granular prodiamine out of the permagreen. And I'm thinking about custom blending uh, some granular prodiamine. And uh, I think I'm just going to blend straight ammonium sulfate with prodiamine. So anyway, we'll see what that does. Mad mowing, my next round is going to start on the day of the GIE. Uh, so whatever day that is, the 16th, I guess. Um, the 16th, I start round six, and I will be going out with 2100. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going out with a 2448. They call it the Ninja Blend for us young grasshoppers. Um, and, uh, I believe it is loaded with manganese and iron. And, um, I'll also be spraying the RGS product. So that, that is my next application. Little Matt here up in Connecticut, eighties to nineties, no rain. Have some yellowing on my over overseeded lawn. Uh, any suggestions? Uh, pound it with fart, Matt. Go ahead, start start dropping the fertilizer on it. Get grow out some of that yellowing that takes place. The 80s and 90s, um, it probably isn't a, a a big deal on your fescues. It's the it's the lack of water that's the big deal. So make sure you get water to it first, then start throwing the fertilizer to it, and it'll come out just fine. Um, Matt, just to kind of give you an idea where I live. Uh, you know. 80s and 90s start in April, and they continue through until Halloween. So, you know, it's it's really common for us, and I'm in a fescue market, so it'll it'll definitely be all right. I've done, in fact, the majority of my seedings I've done with it being 90 degrees outside. So, and uh, and they're they're doing fine, assuming they get ir irrigation. So, really, the key there is water. Uh, Adam Wilson, I am in Knox, Vegas, Tennessee. I'm in the uh, I'm in the upper upper corner of East Tennessee. Out here in the Smoky Mountains, baby. In the Smoky Mountains, which is kind of interesting. Actually, where I live, I'm in the I'm in the valley. Yep, I'm in the transition zone. Uh, and it, in fact, I don't know. Well, I guess I could get why they call Knoxville the transition zone. It, it's getting hotter here. It's hotter here than it ever has been over the last five years. Um, in fact, last year was the second hottest year on record. Uh, last year was the second worst drought uh, we've ever been through. And um, this year was kind of opposite. It was wet and it was relatively cool. So, I don't know. I guess that's why we are still in the transition zone. I believe we're zone 7A. Uh, depending on which map you look at, we may be zone 7B. Uh, I like this one. Can you use molasses as an iron supplement? Probably not. It's probably not going to have a high enough uh, iron content for you to get a noticeable visual effect out of it. Um, however, you can run, if you get straight ferrous sulfate, uh, which I believe is ferromech, ferrous sulfate, and you mix it with molasses, 
you may have a slight chelating effect and actually uh, cause a chemical reaction to take place to produce iron sucrate, which is a chelated iron. Um, so anyway, you, you may want to run that route that if you if you want to use molasses, you may still need to bump that that iron content up. Uh, cat bird feeder, as far as granular prodiamine, uh, I'm going to have mine custom blended through uh, a company called Harold's. So it's going to be hard for me to recommend a good product. Um, if you want to, if you, I would recommend going to a, uh, a professional uh, turf shop. Cat bird feeder, what part of the country are you in? Are you in Georgia? Is that, I, th I think I remember you saying you were in Georgia. Mississippi, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, how are you weathering the storm down there, cat bird feeder? Um, I would try and find like a Site 1 or a Ewing irrigation supply, and um, usually you can get it with an analysis of a 007, and uh, it'll be impregnated with, uh, with prodiamine. And, you know, then you can go ahead and and get that down. How high should I cut? Oh, wait, I skipped Rob Hawkins here. There's a turf type tall pheasants are doing great. Finally got some rain lawns and water. I hope the roots are deep on the one lawn with the slope. Uh, Rob, they'll, they'll probably be okay. Uh, just, you know, now, now that they're starting to come up, start pushing them with fert. Don't get hesitant about it. Just, I mean, I just get at, get after it. Start, start dropping some fert bombs on it. How high should I cut Bermuda for winter? No overseeding and cut it one inch throughout the summer liver in central North Carolina Piedmont. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, that's really your choice. Um, if it were me, I'd just I'd kind of pick a day to be your last cut and then just be done with it. Um, you know, is it really going to protect you that much more? You know, just don't don't cut all of your canopy off because really you're going to open yourself up more to Poa annua than you will any damage. So, um, Anyway, just pick a date for your last cut, cut it, and then just be done with it. Don't worry about how tall it gets over winter, and uh, don't worry about keeping it short over winter. You know, if you if you want to cut it a little bit over winter just to clean it up or clean up some leaves or something, you can. Uh, just don't cut all that canopy off. Uh, the more you expose the soil surface to sunlight, the more uh, potential you're going to have for POA outbreaks. What is the best mowing height to create a deep root zone for a newly established turf type tall fescue? Uh, thanks in advance for your reply. Keith Burton, um, during the active growing season, prime growing season for a cool season grass. So for a turf type tall fescue, that's going to be from Labor Day through Memorial Day. In that time frame, I would look to be in the three inch range. As we start getting hotter from Memorial Day through Labor Day, uh, then you want to be at the four plus inch range. And uh, what's more important, rather than just your height of cut for maximizing your root depth, is going to be proper fertility, proper watering, and mowing frequency. Those will have a bigger effect on your root depth than just a general height. But as a turf species, fescue wants to be mowed taller. Um, so keep keep that in mind. You want you want it. To, I believe uh, it was it was a man named Jim Beveridge of Yards Done Right up in Ohio. He said, uh, tall and happy, low and crappy in regards to fescue. What's your prodiamine blended granular analysis going to be and what sources? 
Um, Andy, next year I'm going to go probably, I may do like a 2105, and that's going to be ammonium sulfate and um, sulfate of potash. And um, it's just going to be ammonium sulfate and sulfate of potash. And I will spray the RGS. And I'll probably have that granular material uh, impregnated with prodiamine. And I will have Harold's do that for me. Took your advice. One and a half pounds per thousand. Green and the customers are silent. I bet. I bet. Look at this. Oh, for the guy who was wanting to mix your, uh, your molasses, uh, do a jar test with your molasses and iron. Uh, turf nerd here, dropping some knowledge on me. Um, some formulations can result in a tar-like goo, so make sure, double, triple check that in a jar test to make sure you're not going to have any solids or gelatinous material form and ruin a spreader. It happens. I've been there. I've done it. Back in the day when we used to spray a lot of MSMA, I was trying to shortcut myself by going ahead and pre-mixing my MSMA and 2,4-D in a tipping pour, and uh, it turned into a gelatinous, almost solid mass for me. Albert, help me, please. I had a big, what looked like to me, a fungi problem that hit me around late August. I tried a fungi treatment and nothing helped. What else could it be? Uh, St. Augustine. Albert, it probably is fungal-related, uh, especially uh, St. Augustine in the second half of summer. Uh, it's either going to be take all root rot, which um, which which part of the country are you in, Albert? Uh, it's either take all root rot, T-A-R-R, or um, it's going to be uh, rhizoctonia. Those are those are or gray leaf spot. Those Southern Cali, man, I don't know. You're on the other side of the world. What's up, Jesse Ray? Um, yeah, it, it's going to be somewhere in those three. Um, it's going to be hard for me to diagnose, just, just kind of talking to you here. However, if you're going to go with a fungicide treatment, make sure you're using a real deal, high-quality fungicide. I would go with a strobilurin, so I would use something like Heritage or Pillar G, um, uh, Disarm G, Fame, I think it's called. Um, do not use something like Propicanazole or... Uh, Myclobutanil or uh, what is the the, the Clearies 3336. Um, you want to use a good strobilurin. Uh, and then if you really want to kick it up a notch, use a product like Headway, which is a mix of a strobilurin and a DMI. Um, and that's going to be your best attack. Uh, chances are, um, and here's also the other thing. Uh, is you're going to have to do more than one application of fungicide in order to get the disease under control. Realistically, you're going to need, um, um, you know, probably every 21 days to be applying a fungicide. So keep that in mind, man. Keep that in mind. Um, if you go back and look at some of my other videos where I actually talk about lawn diseases, I may be talking about... Um, uh, turf type tall fescue, but the actual fungicides I'm using would uh, actually apply to your turf type too. So um, that will at least give you the names of products um, that you can go and, and look up. Um, and if you want, email me some pictures, man. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Could you give us a brief rundown of overseeding herbicide and fertilizer application and timing of those throughout the year? 
Um, yeah, I think I could. Uh, okay, so January through April, you want to get down all your pre-emergence. You want to get down plenty of fertilizer, and you want to get down, you want to attack all your winter broadleaf weeds. Um, in my particular area, uh, come May, June, and July, and August time frame, I have to be preventative with disease. At that time, you can do some light fertilization too. That's when you want to make use of, you know, getting your, uh, either using a product like a biosolid or an extremely slow release fertilizer or uh, use a blended product like a humic acid and a, um, and like a urea or something at a, at a relatively low rate. And so that is going to be from May through August. In September, I aerate and overseed. Um, I do not, um, in August with that, with that last fungicide slash fertilizer app, um, I go ahead and attack all the weeds hard. Um, so whatever's out there, I just do a real strong cleanup app. Um, and then aerate overseed in September. And then if I have to treat any weeds at the time of aerating and overseeding, I'm using products like Carfentrazone, um, uh, Quinclorac, low rates of 2,4-D in conjunction with Quinclorac, uh, Halosulfuron. Um, I use those actually the same day I do seed Pilex. I use a lot of Pilex during seed time. Um, and then from that point through the end of the year, I do lots and lots and lots of fert. So October, November, December, uh, I'm running very high rates of, of fertilizer. I hope that answers your question. I'm not exactly sure what, it, what exactly you're asking. Um, Helena has a blend here, but they use potassium chloride. Not sure why anyone would use or want chlorides. Um, me neither. Um, me neither. Even if you lived in a... Um, in a part of the country where you had a gypsum soil base, I still would not feel comfortable uh, using potassium chloride. The salt index is just so high. I don't want to use it, but it's a cheap potassium source, so that's why that's why people use it. Hi, Matt. My Kentucky bluegrass is in week two of sprout and pout. When do I start hitting it with fertilizer again? I use a starter fert at time of seeding about three weeks ago, and should I stay with the starter fert? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mike's back. Uh, are all humic acids the same? No, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. Okay, so, yeah, I had my hand over the mic. Um, when, it, when it comes to uh, humic acids, you, you, you have to trust your source because you have to know how they actually produce that humic acid. Uh, so most of them are going to come from Leonardite shale. However, uh, there's two ways to actually uh, extract it. You can extract a raw humate or you can extract a humic acid. And a humic acid is going to consist of humic acid and fulvic acid. So they can do a high pH extraction using potassium hydroxide 
<clears throat> that's where you're going to capture all of your fulvic acids as well as humic acids. <clears throat> that's going to give you a better product. Um, or you can do a, uh, a low pH extraction, which is just going to capture the humic, the humate. Um, so I, I think that's right. I think, I think somewhere along the lines of that is right. But <clears throat> no, all humic acids are not the same. Um, tell if you want to shoot me an email, I can put you in contact with somebody who can explain the differences of it in better depth than I probably can. Armando, compost top dressing still okay for super sandy soil after aeration plus humic acid, probiotic in, fert, and available calcium and iron. Uh, what's the best time and cost effective method for top dressing compost? Uh, Armando, if you gotta do it, especially if you're in sandy soil, uh, a wheelbarrow and um, a wheelbarrow and uh, maybe a pitchfork or shovel and a hard rake. And, and that's how I do my, my top dressings. Um, uh, because very rarely do I have one big enough where I can get my, my, uh, my big top dressing, um, uh, tractor and pull behind a top dresser on a, on a yard. So, um, yeah, unfortunately it's going to be lots of wheelbarrows. Let's see. Yeah, quinclorac is good stuff, man. That's really good stuff. <clears throat> uh, do you have any slow-release fertilizer, fertilizer recommendations on the cheap side? Uh, no, you just have to find a good distributor that you like and get in with, and uh, and you'll get, um, you know, that, you know, here's the deal. When it comes to slow-release fertilizers, you've got uh, polymer-coated urea, you have sulfur-coated, polymer-coated urea, and you have just sulfur-coated urea. Um, unless you want to get into like the methylene ureas and stuff like that. But for the most part, you'll see either PCSEU or XCU. And, um, and they're, they're all basically going to perform about the same, the same way. So, uh, there's not really any one brand because everybody blends their own. So, you have to find a distributor like Harold's or Helena or uh, Ewing or Green Resource or Site One, and um, establish a relationship with them, and uh, you know hopefully they'll get you a good price. Like I buy the majority of my stuff from Dickens Turf and Landscape Supply here locally. Where does the fart come from? It's got their label on it, but truthfully, it comes from different different co-ops and blenders from throughout the southeast. So. Not really, not really anything magical there. There's no real brand that's that's going to be better than the other. Listen, turf type tall fescue down about a month ago and fertilized at that time. What is a good time to put in a full dose of malorganite? If you did it a month ago, rip it, man, rip it. Put down a full dose of malorganite and put down a half pound of synthetic fert while you're at it. Half pound to end from synthetic fert. You'll be much happier than just a straight malorganite application. So long from side about two months ago, tilled the soil underneath, and as we finished, it started pouring rain, so we weren't able to roll. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. You should be all right, Corby. You should be all right. Yes, I would definitely have them water, super, have them super water. I mean, I mean, really, 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 really water it, and then, and then get out there and roll it. What's up, mom? My mom and dad are watching. My biggest fans. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, Jesse. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. 
There's a Scott Southern first specifically for St. Augustine. It says don't apply it to Bermuda could cause harm. So in theory, could I put that down on my St. Augustine to stop my Bermuda invading? Uh, yes, in theory. So Texas Welder, what that is, uh, it's going to have, it, basically that's a weed and feed for St. Augustine, and it has the active ingredient atrazine in it. And atrazine, uh, Bermuda grass is very sensitive to atrazine. Uh, will it kill the Bermuda grass? Probably not, but it will put a, a good halt to it. It'll put a dent in it, that's for sure. That is for sure. Uh, hey, man, big fan. Been having an issue with a rusting lawn. Been humid and damp lately. Should I hit it with a fungicide or just let it go for now? Live in northwest Connecticut, by the way. Mark, you can hit it with a fungicide. You can, um, you know, if you want to use propaganazole or something, you know, that, that'll that put a stop to it. But at the same time, you're also going to have to fertilize it to grow the damage out. So uh, should you put down a fungicide? Maybe. Um, but, you know, really you could just fertilize it in theory too and uh it should grow out also so uh usually when i'm dealing with rust i just go a little higher on the fer fertility and it, it tends to correct itself uh i don't know what the super chat is i have i have no idea jesse ray i've i've i haven't even explored that it, there's so much of this i've never explored uh, Eli, ammonium sulfate label is a 21004S. 24S is sulfur. Sulfur is actually a macronutrient, uh, meaning that it's used in large numbers by plant species. Um, so it's a macronutrient mainly in the um, uh, ag and the agricultural world. Uh, in the turf world, it's more of a micronutrient. Uh, but that's what the 24S is. That's, it means it's uh, it's got a lot of sulfur in it. Which, sulfur, and it comes from ammonium sulfate. And if you look at the molecular structure of, the, of a sulfate particle, so it's SO4. So, yes, it does have the acidifying uh, portions of the sulfur, but it also has four oxygen uh, four parts oxygen to your one part sulfur. So you're actually having, you know, creating a lot of uh, uh, increase in microbial activity at the, at the top of the soil surface there by uh, applying that sulfate particle. <laughs> Jesse, be careful, man, be careful. Uh, would I have more success putting down straight atrazine in my St. Augustine to stop Bermuda? Um, yeah, don't put down just straight atrazine concentrate, but, I mean, you can go get a jug of atrazine. Here's the thing. Atrazine is a restricted-use product, so um, you, have to, you have to have a license of some sort in order to be able to buy it. Um, but, yeah, you know, you can treat with atrazine, and uh, it will, I mean, it'll, it'll super hurt, especially if you do, like, single apps of high rates of atrazine on Bermuda grass in St. Augustine. It'll, it'll do a really good job. Um Matt, can you tell us a little about your education? You seem to be a lot more knowledgeable than the average turf dude, and I feel like I'm getting educated from university and when you're at the board. Um, you know, I, you know. He, here's the thing. Between what I studied in school versus the knowledge I have now, or just they're way two different things. Um, in, in all honesty, you know, I, I, my wife and I, I, I have this running joke that in the house, I'm a, I'm a miserable person to be around because, um, you know, my, my hobby, uh, just as much as my profession is turf grass. 
Um, I don't do a lot of things outside of turf grass. I may play a little guitar. I like to fish every now and then. Um, but really when it comes down to it, I mean, it's, it's turf grass. The things that keep me awake are reading, uh, you know, turf trials, new products that come out, product labels, um, you know, looking up, uh, looking up the actual, you know, chemi chemical and molecular structure and understanding, you know, how that's going to influence the plant, understanding the different processes that take place in the plant, um, so, you know, it's, uh, really it's, it's, it's more self-taught and, and it's a, it, the advantage I have is that I work with it day in and day out. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that's where everything that I read about, I get to then implement while I'm out in the field and develop a little better understanding. So, you know, it, that's, I guess that that's really it. There's no real real secret to it. Uh, you know, people ask me my resources, and I'm you know I don't really have any resources. I just I get a wild hair, uh, I, I read about it, and then I, you know, I just go I go all in. I just go all in. You talk to my wife. I'm annoying as hell with my grass obsession. God bless her for putting up with me. I've got yes, I've got the I've got the same issue with here and my wife. Uh, so mom and dad go you your first mower got your first mower when you kicked dad off of the lawn at the age of six. Uh, you'll think you'll think this is funny, Mark. I <clears throat> I started mowing the yard probably around uh, five or six years old. I may have been six, and um, I have a I have a I, at one point I had a really unhealthy obsession for golf, and I attempted to mow the front yard into a putting green. And uh, that didn't go well. If my dad's still watching, I'm still sorry I did that, Dad. Um, have you tried out any of the generic Tenacity products? I haven't. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I want to, but um, I just haven't really had a need for it yet. And so, anyway. But I will. In fact, I'm probably going to use a lot of it going into next year. Lost the entire front lawn to disease, starting over from scratch. What can I do to prevent this next year? Turf type tall fescue, see more Tennessee. Thanks, love the channel. Shane, uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, if you lost the entire front yard to disease, chances are the seed was put down way too heavy. Um, make sure that if you're going from zero, um, start with an... Uh, you know, maybe like 10 pounds per thousand of your turf type tall fescue. Um, do not exceed that unless you're in just like a small area trying to touch up. Um, it is important that you do not put down too much seed because once you do get disease, it can cause an issue. All right. So secondly, then probably starting mid-May, that's what, you know, I'm in Knoxville. I'm, you know, stones throw away from you. So I start running fungicide mid-September and you got to apply it every 28 to 35 days. And that's, just the fact of it, man. There's no real way around it. We live in the worst part of the country to grow fescue. So maybe not the worst, but a pretty bad one. Pretty bad one. School for me served as a hub towards being self-taught. That's right, Armando. I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, my wife got up and walked out of the room when I got in. Thanks. <laughs> Thinking about buying a real mower, any suggestions? Uh, get a Toro. Go ahead and get a Triplex. Get a ride on. You can get them used from a golf course at an unbelievably reasonably reasonable price, and just just go with it, man. Go get a triplex real mower, and 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 you'll never look back. 
We need a grass factor lawn care nut, Bermuda grass central showdown with month to month posts and results for a program, app time, etc. Us students can put up 10 20 bucks each for the winter. That'd be pretty cool. Hang on, son. I'm doing my Facebook Live. No, I need my picture book. Your picture book? Yeah. Hey, hang on. Go ask Mama for help. I already helped. I already did. You already did? Yeah, you did it for me. Okay, buddy. I got the blessing from the wife to get a used Baroness. There you go. I, I'm thinking about getting one for next year myself. No, you want to say hey to everybody? Hey. That's my son. That's my son. Also, how many gallons of RGS did you wind up buying this year? A tote? Um, yeah, probably by, by the end of the year, I'll I'll have gone through probably probably more than a uh, more than a tote um, when it's all said and done. I'll go through quite a bit this year and a bunch of bunch next year. Now I'm learning new stuff and getting super motivated for uh, you on top of my research and in the field practice efforts. I thank you. No, thank you, Armando. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Are you going to buy a Z in order to meet the carrier volume for Tenacity apps next year? 30 to 40 gallons per acre? No. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to spray it at, you know, my... my uh, <laughs> Noah, Nana and Papa said hey. Nana and Poppy said hey. He said, hey, Mom. Uh, no, I'm not going to buy a Z. And no, I'm not going to pay attention to their uh, their use requirements as far as as far as far carrier volume. I'm going to do it low volume like I have everything else. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I've actually talked to a guy in Indiana about this. And um, I don't know where it is either, son. Check, check if it's in there. Um, I already talked to him about it. And he says he runs it at low volume, no problem. So... I'm not really worried about it. I'm going to run it low volume and just call it good. Yeah, go ahead. So no, no Z for me. I will die with a uh, with a permagreen in my in my right hand. Uh, what fungicide do you recommend? Shane, uh, fungicide resistance is a real thing. So what you want to do is either alternate fungicides or mix fungicides. <laughs> Thanks, corporate. Um so I, in particular, I like to roll my own headway. I mix two products. I mix one, which is propaganazole, with another uh, called azoxystrobin, and um, I apply them at the same time, and uh, it does awesome. It does really awesome, preventatively and curatively. Uh, Shane, I've done lots of videos on it. Uh, if you go back through the videos or do a search for uh, fungicides in tall fescue, the grass factor. Um, you should you should have lots of, of resources there from me. So I got an uneven lawn, and I wonder if a dethatcher will level out the grass. Probably not. Uh, it depends on how bare it is. Um, you you know it's it's hard to say. It's not going to be butter smooth, but it will probably improve um, the situation it is in right now. Myc and. The more directions you go over it with the dethatcher, the more it will probably help to level that out. Sprayed it out of the Z2 with no whitening of my rind, no issues. Uh, Andy, what rate, what volume were you using to spray your tenacity out of the Z spray? Nothing against the Z sprays. I, I think they're fantastic machines. I'm just, I'm a permagreen guy. 
and uh, will remain that way. We'll just say that. How about them apples? That's why, if you're going to the GIE, you can find me hanging out at the Permagreen booth for the 2008, what is it? This is going to be the the 2018 GIE, 2017 GIE. So I like to hang out with those guys. They invited me up there, and they were like, you know, hey, look, we'll buy your ticket to come to the GIE uh, if you if you hang out with us and basically just um, talk to everybody that um, you know as a as an end user, as an end user, and explain what your experience is like with the PG. And, uh, and so, anyway, that's what I do. I get a free ticket to the GIE, and I get to talk to all of y'all, and I like that. I like it. I know you like Screaming Green, but in your research, what is the best new next-level innovative fertilizer? Lewis, it's going to be... Um, it's, it's not actually going to be fertilizer. It's going to be running fertilizer with humic plus kelp. So that next RGS product from Green County Fert, um, applying fertilizer in conjunction with that is actually going to be more efficient and you'll ultimately get a better bang, better pop from your fertilizer and you'll get better duration from it. Um, probably something similar to Screaming Green, but with enhanced color compared to Screaming Green. Uh, so anyway, that's, you know, Green County Fert, next RGS is my is my new next level innovative fertilizer. Mad Moen, I will not switch, no sir, no thank you. I would not want to do it, not at all. But Z sprays just don't work in my market. The guys around here that have them, they drive around with them on their trucks and they get to use them, you know, an hour or two every day. The rest of the time, they're having to deal with too many hills and stuff, so. I, I'm, I'm in an odd market as far as um, the amount of hills. Tribo Man, intrinsic brand fungicides. No, sir, never heard of it. What are the active ingredients in there? What are the active ingredients in the intrinsic brand? Can I let leftover grass seed freeze? Uh, Vince, I don't think you're supposed to, but I, I, you probably can. Um, just don't let it get wet and then freeze. That's, that's probably not a good thing. Uh, I did it at a half gallon per thousand, five ounces per acre. Okay, there you go. There you go. So I would be doing it at a quarter of a gallon um, and probably run it at five, five or six ounces per acre. I can't remember. I may try five ounces per acre since you did. But um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned at all about. Uh... Oh, okay. Okay. Pillar G. Okay. Um, they, 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 they should be fine. I've never heard of it called an intrinsic uh, brand. Um, so Pillar G is picrostrobin, and uh, it's another strobilurin. It's a very good one. So um, if you're asking about Pillar G in particular, but I feel like you're talking about a uh, like a variety of, of different products under the brand intrinsic. Um, but Pillar G in itself is a, is a great fungicide. Again, strobilurin, picrostrobin, it's a good one. Uh, and in fact, I think it's also, uh, I think Pillar G is mixed with the DMI too. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good product. It's a really good product. 
is off market in Indianapolis. You don't see it here in Tennessee either. So uh, I can't remember really the last time I saw a bag of Pillar G. I think I saw it off in the corner of a of a warehouse one time, and I was shocked. I was like, whoa, Pillar G. I hadn't seen that in forever. All right, anybody, I'm going to get ready to wrap this up. Um, does anybody have any more last-minute questions? I'll, 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 I'll throw it out there for another five or six minutes or so. Um, and then we'll we'll take this bad boy to the he house. Six-year-old decided to go in neighbor's lawn and get make wishes about 20 all in my front yard. What do I do? I sprayed per diamond a month ago. Telly Coleman, there's a product called Gallery. Uh, you can put down Gallery, and that will... Uh, help those and keep keep those dandelions at bay um i believe gallery is effective on dandelions i don't know you may want to consult the label on that i may be talking on one side of my mouth just wait till they come up and blast them with triclopyr or 24d and uh they'll go away all right y'all i guess that's going to get it for me uh i'll be back again seven o'clock next week hopefully i get the computer thing figured out um i don't know how I'll figure something out, even if I got to buy a new computer. Um, but anyway, I really appreciate y'all tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. If y'all have any questions, do not hesitate to shoot me an email. If I don't respond, bear with me. I will get to them. I take them all in block sections and then reply to them one by one. It takes me a little while, but uh, I will read it and I will get back to you. Uh, also, if you're going to the GIE, again, I'll be at the Permagreen booth. I will be there for dealer day and the two days after that. And the whole purpose for me being there is to do nothing but talk to y'all. And um, so, again, if you're going to be at the GIE, do not hesitate to come talk to me. Come say hey. I'd love to say hey. It keeps me talking about something I enjoy, which is turf grass. And uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure I'd enjoy meeting all of y'all. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything. I really appreciate it, and y'all have a wonderful night. Take care.